All righty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lakers Detailed with me, your host, Vinay, and my co-host, Raj. As always, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, if you're in the space right now, if you can retweet the space, like it, whatever, share it with your friends, uh, we greatly appreciate it and we, and we appreciate the support. Um, Raj, we originally scheduled this space to happen in about 30 minutes but the suns had other plans and decided to <laughs> not to not play competitive basketball against um the nuggets and so it looks like we're pretty close to you know just another sort of disappointing elimination game for the suns um so we fired it up early uh but the space is recorded so anybody who jumps in later will be able to listen to it later how are you doing after the game five i want to say kind of predicted loss for the lakers uh you know based on the conversation yeah. we had behind the scenes uh how do you feel about the loss from yesterday yeah a lot of uh mixed emotions in that one you you know the what people predicted a loss but i don't think it was supposed to be in that fashion anthony davis obviously you know with the uh what looked like it was going to be a concussion and then was ruled, you know, that it wasn't think thankfully he seems good to go. And so you kind of take that as a win, um, even though you lose in golden state, but yeah, I thought, you know, we, we both said that they would likely lose um, in that one. And you knew the, you knew the warriors would kind of come out with that. What was interesting though, today, Vinay, both road teams winning. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, gotta, you gotta be careful, careful for tomorrow. But I think that's, that's fascinating. In the Boston Philly series, we have four road wins in that one, which is you know that's, that's a lot of road wins yeah. in a in a six game you know so far series. So um, the Lakers have to be ready, and I think they will. But yeah, I'm doing well, man. That one didn't hurt as bad. Um, I thought you know we made a few runs, but it was clear. I thought in the second half we kind of uh, did similarly what we did in Memphis in Game Five. Kind of was like a, let's just get through this. Let's get through it healthy. Almost didn't, but um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I didn't watch it live. I only watched the first of the first 24 minutes. I watched the first 20 minutes of the game live, uh, and then I want to go play basketball. And then my mm -hmm. timeline was blowing up by AD, like in between games, we were playing pickup, and I was like, oh, man, I hope nothing bad happened. And then I, I eventually got to see it later. And then I messaged you. I was just like, okay, I saw the, the, the hit yeah. that – I wouldn't even say it was a hit. It's like the incidental contact from Looney um, on AD and, you know, like head, face, head, face injuries, whatever. Like those are always dangerous because it, it doesn't take very much to concuss somebody. And Looney is a, you know, a giant um, in, in his own mm -hmm. right. And he's a very strong guy. Um, but you know, it didn't look like it was too bad, you know, in terms of just kind of the, the collision. If he had eaten an elbow, like the way Sabonis ate an elbow, like, in that King series, I would have been like, okay, maybe there's a little concern because Sabonis had a pretty nasty black eye. And that was a situation where like Looney's elbow came straight down in his face. Uh, but I was glad to see that it wasn't that serious. Um, and then, you know, we got the good news today that he's not in concussion protocol and he looks good. Um, you know, he was walking around and stuff like that at the end of the game. I think, you yeah. know, at the worst, maybe he got scratched in the eye a little bit and, the light probably bothered his eye if it was sensitive, but it was just good to see that we kind of made it out of that game in one piece, relatively in one piece. I saw LeBron kind of tweaked his ankle a little bit. Again, Kevon Looney's in the area. He's a big dude. You got to account for him. That incidental stuff kind of happens. Lonnie got hit in the face. Austin got hit in the face. I was like, I rewatched it this morning, and I was just like, I don't know what's going on in this game, but everybody on the Lakers <laughs> side is getting hit in the face. 
Um, so, you know, it just, it was bizarre, bizarre thing to see. Yeah, a lot of physicality allowed, you know, um, in that one. Uh, let a lot of stuff go. They kind of, you know, up the baseline level of physicality that they were allowed. And, yeah, like you said, a lot of people got hit in the face. Um, LeBron, you know, I thought he looked fine after, you know, whatever that that was. You know how he is. He ties his shoe um, yeah. extremely tight then runs the other way. Um, so I'm hopeful he's, he's fine as well. But, yeah, just to get through that in one piece. Now you're home. If you told me two months ago. You have one game at home to advance to the Western Conference Finals. You have LeBron and AD healthy, as healthy as you could at this time, as they might ever be at this time. So um, I think I would have taken that. I think most people would have taken that. So I'm, I'm excited, man. Tomorrow's going to be uh, nervous, frustrating, gut punch, exciting, yeah. all those, you know, superlatives like in one. So it should be, should be fun. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm rewatching the game this morning. Um, how many, oh, actually, how many times did you end up rewatching this game yourself? Cause I know you're, you're oh, a maniac. Uh, you do this, uh, this one just once, honestly, okay. I, I could not put myself through that twice. And there was, we'll get into the stuff in this. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. I thought the first half was kind of more telling than really the second half. Um, second half was kind of, we made a few runs, but the lead never got closer than I think 11, if I remember yeah. correctly. So, you know, those teams keep you in arms length distance like is not much to me but i thought that first half had some stuff we can we'll definitely yeah you know, dive into yeah so so just my thoughts so like initially i i tweeted out really early in the morning um when i was doing my rewatch um again i keep it on mute because uh if, if you guys don't know that's i always recommend unless you're doing a watch playback with raj <laughs> uh and and his his group like it the, one of the best things you can do is mute the national broadcast and just watch the game and you'll see a lot of the stuff that you it's like that thing where you drive a car and you're looking for directions or you're looking for this, the, the sign on the road <laughs> and you turn off the volume on your radio, even though it shouldn't make any difference with your eyesight. But like, yeah, it, just, it helps. It helps concentrate and watching the game. Um, the, this my my simple response is really the game was decided in that those last four minutes of that of that second quarter right going into the half yes um that that was basically that was the 11 point lead that they got which they basically you know Lakers just traded baskets at that point in all, all all second half ex exchange runs but really even if I took a step back like just letting Draymond score like their first eight or nine points of like the first 17 when they went up 17 five Braun like very uncharacteristically, like three turnovers. He had a, you know, there was like a three on two or a three on one where he threw it all the way into the corner and D'Lo wasn't expecting Oh, yeah. Like it just seemed like there's kind of out of sorts and um, just small, small pieces of small runs like that sort of just added up throughout the game. Uh, but one thing was for sure, I thought their defense was very uh, casual is probably the word I would use for, for the defense that the Lakers played. There was um, like the resistance at the rim really wasn't there. Like even, even Draymond scoring, like the Lakers were okay with him scoring and, you know, he, he put up 20 points. So he sort of did his job. Um, same thing with Gary Payton. So like, I would suspect that their attitude defensively about cleaning up that kind of stuff at home is going to be much better. Um, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I mean, it'd be nice if it'd be a blowout because that's what happened with the <laughs> Memphis game. But I think if they come yeah. in like very locked in defensively, like I don't, you know, I I, I think it'll be much more in, in the Lakers' favor. I don't think it'll be a struggle the way um, even Game Four was for us. 
Yeah, I think they emptied the tank in game six. But, you know, to your point, I actually wrote, you know, this sequence is down of the that final four minutes. So they start 17-5, and then we get all the way back. LeBron hits a three to tie it at 50. Here's the next possessions, Vinay. This was the game, really, right here. And Steph gets trapped in the corner. Yeah, He kicks it to Wiggins, and he easily beats LeBron off the dribble, and he gets a GP2 a dunk, right, who's, who's cutting from the corner. Um, Lonnie steps up. Lonnie is the help man at the dunker spot yeah. right there. Um, and so we're down to Dennis drives on Clay Thompson, throws an awful, you know, bounce yeah. pass in the paint to AD, gets picked by Draymond Green. Steph goes the other way and scores. I think Austin might have two fouls or something, but he scores over them pretty easily in transition. Yeah. Um, next one uh, down, Rui, awful closeout on Wiggins, finds Poole for a three. Jordan Poole, I went back and watched, was dancing after he hit that three. I was like, Generation Generation Z basketball player, bro. I don't know what to tell you. you know, they can shoot one for one for twenty, but if they make that one shot and it's and it's saucy, like they're just like you know. I was just I was just cracking up at that when I was rewatching the game. I was like, man, he's shooting like twenty percent. He's like going down. He hits one wide open three, right? Just like the ball swings to him. But uh, anyway, this might not be as funny tomorrow. By the way, but yeah, uh, right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if it, this is as funny tomorrow. Um, and then again, next play down, Braun is like a step slow. The reaction time. You talked about the energy on defense just yeah. now. Reaction time was just like two seconds slow, and two seconds is a lifetime when you're guarding Clay Thompson. He easily curls to the corner. AD expects Braun to be a little bit tighter on the when he's chasing, and Clay gets a corner three. And then Steph just hits best in the world type of yeah. sidestep, step back three. You're down 11. So, yeah, to your point, that was the game to me, and there's some stuff that I want to get into, but that was, that was it really, right? And, like, in that third quarter, I thought we came out really lackadaisical. They went up 16, and – I thought that was it. But, yeah, th those moments there. And, Vinay, I'm not sure. I'm going to ask you. Did you see anything there that translates to game six in that moment? I didn't. I don't think I saw anything really there that, like, is is really translatable from what what Golden State was doing, I guess, to to hurt us, like, to to put the game away in that little section. Was it, Or was that just us being lackadaisical defensively and just not engaged? Yeah, so I, I think a lot of it was just us being very, very undisciplined. Like, I'm, I, mm. I don't want to make it sound like the Warriors didn't do anything to win that game, and it was just sure. us giving away that. But, like, there, I think a lot of it was, like, we would let uh, – we were letting Draymond just push the ball up in transition unchecked, like nobody stopping him. He's getting almost all the way to the three-point line before he – act, you know, like, to, to set somebody else up. I, I think I think the Warriors were very, very deliberate in trying to get out in transition – as much as they possibly could, even though five Lakers were running back, it turned into like one of those who can get to the finish line first. And you, you saw like they were trying to find Gary Payton for layups basically in transition. I think Dante DiVincenzo had one where he like basically mm -hmm. outran AD all the way down the court and ended up getting a layup off of, and you could see Steph in transition, literally like telling Dante, like cut through the middle of the lane so I can give it to you because there's nobody at the rim right now. Like I, I think stuff like that, when you watch the tape, I would imagine if, if when Darvin Ham watches the tape or whatever they do, they're going to be like, just get back on defense. Because yeah. honest, honestly, like, I know Steph hit, had, you know, when the game was like at nine, I think after Austin hit a three, Steph kind of hit a couple jumpers, kind of put it away. And then, mm -hmm. but prior to that, Steph, Clay, and Poole were not having good games. Like, their game, like, Poole and Clay have been awful, like, the past three, yeah. four games. So I, I like that the Lakers 
defense against the jump shooting has been really good. Really where they've kind of let go of the rope here is the interior defense. And, uh, you know, like we can get into if it's a team thing or if it's a player-specific thing but it, or if it's a schematic thing. But, like, that's really been the difference. Like, I, I shared the points in the paint with you. Uh, yeah. The first three games of the season or first three games of the series, uh, the Warriors, I think, had below 50 points in the paint every single game. Uh, they only had like 28 in, in game one where they got beat. Uh, but the, these last two games, both game five and game four, the you know the, the one with Steph, Steph just doing ISO, they've had over 50 points in the paint. They've, had, they've pretty much matched the Lakers. So the Lakers mm-hmm. have to clean that up if they want to win the game. They can't, they can't be giving up points in the paint, especially if the perimeter guys are doing a good job uh, on their jump shooters. So, you know, we, they, they, they have to clean that part up for sure. Yeah. And I also think like, uh, again, not to get into refs at all here, but like if you're tied with free throws against yeah. the Warriors, like that's, that, that's going to hurt. Like it, the whole, the Lakers are their whole game plan kind of is also getting to the line being aggressive at the rim. I think something we've discussed though, like I don't think Steph's like 35. It's what kills you. It's Steph having eight assists. Right? Yeah. Like that's where like, that's where they kill you. And also he had his 27 bunch of step back mid range twos. I thought to put the game away, right. When we were trying to like, claw back we could just never get it to 10 like it would get to like 11 he yeah. did another step back jumper it'd get to like 12 he did another step back jumper just to put us like in that arm's length and yeah like i you know i thought steph just thought he had a good floor game i think it's kind of sucks that we weren't able to capitalize on like so clay thompson had nine points in 40 minutes in game four he had 10 points in 37 minutes right in uh yeah. in game five in, in game five so tough not to capitalize on that but the points in the paint, I think the biggest adjustment, Renee, that the Warriors did, and this is the one thing I think we're going to have to at least a little bit be more cognizant of. I thought their counter in game four would be Draymond being more offensively yeah. um, aggressive. I thought that would be their counter. It wasn't. It was starting GP2 and bringing AD up to the screen every single time, yeah. and that got their thing going. In this game, though, Draymond's like, I have D'Angelo Russell. I got to score. Like yeah. I got Austin Reeves. I got to score. And to your point, the 17 to five start, the sad part of it, or what of it, sad part about it was one was a GP two three. Yeah. And like one was a Draymond three. You know, so it was like six points right there. You're like, oh, the, you Dr- just, Draymond, like, Draymond and one on a drive, I think on Vando. Uh, like, and then he was yeah. like yelling in Vando's face. And I was just like, I was like, all right. Like, when I saw that, that was coming though. Yeah. Like, that was coming. When I saw it, I was just like, I look, you can see like Vando's expression because he zoomed in on him. And Vando's like rolling his eyes. He's like, all right. Like Vando probably knew, like, okay, I have to defend this guy because he's actually going to try and score now. He's not just going to, you know, do that thing where he just stands around and waits to give it to somebody else. And, and that's not a play that Draymond has scored on a lot, like where he's catching it like right at the, you know, at the dunker and then going up aggressively easily. He's like trying to pitch back out to somebody. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something like, is that something you would specifically adjust to? I guess Draymond, I don't think he's going to have 20 and 10. In game yeah. six, like I like that, that'd be tough to get back to back twenty and ten games from Draymond. But I I do think he's also going to be a little bit more aggressive still. I think that's a key that they're they're keying keying in on. And also Andrew Wiggins, I thought was very assertive oh, yeah, as well. Absolutely. Both of yeah. both both of those guys, we committed to switching a little bit more. Right, and I texted you about that as well. I was like, we we kind of switched a lot more than normal. I mean, this game kind of just giving yeah. up the AD on the perimeter, uh, and I don't think we'll do that as easily. But the domino effect to me of that was Andrew Wiggins and Draymond being aggressive. So how, how would you kind of counteract that? Like a, they're putting yeah. AD in like perimeter actions, I guess, to get Wiggins and Draymond and Steph hunting the rim, like those points in the paint that you just, you just brought up. Yeah. So I, 
I I think I think they the Warriors don't necessarily. Uh, it's never a player specific thing that they try to do, right? It's they want to get points in the paint, and they'll do whatever it's whatever is necessary to to get those points in the paint, right? So if that means mm-hmm. Steph running pick and rolls and setting up Gary Payton and Gary Payton being inserted into the starting lineup, and so be it. Um, in this case, because the Lakers were so willing to switch, like without mm-hmm. any resistance, like so willing to switch on the perimeter, which I. Which you know it's taboo to say, I guess maybe, but I like that was kind of what was what was telling to me on rewatch when they were giving up those switch, like taking the switches so easily, not fighting through screens and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. that's that gave me like the feeling that like oh, okay they're okay with playing very casual defense because this is not what they would typically do. Um, yeah, against this team and you know like I don't want to pick spe- specific players, but it's just like. You could tell also by LeBron, like LeBron was a weak side guy. Like there was many, many times where he just was just like, I'm not, I'm not going to even, you know, contest this. Like, he, you know, he had some trouble containing Wiggins. Like there were, he was giving up straight line drives to Wiggins, um, like going baseline and, and stuff like that. But it's not, it's not just him. So I don't want to say that, but like you could tell the team defense was very casual. So like if, if I'm the Lakers, that can't happen. Like we can't just do whatever this, the Warriors like just because the Warriors go and send three different screens to try and get eighty out of the paint doesn't mean eighty needs to go out of the paint. You know what I mean? Like we don't need to switch eighty onto uh, Steph if Gary Payton, if Gary Payton the second is the one who's screening for him. Like you should be able to fight through a screen over Gary Payton the second. Like that that screen shouldn't be able to stop Laker guards from staying with Steph. Force force them to run a real like pick and roll. Like make. Make Gary Payton have to rim run and Steph have to drive at the same time, not just let him slip with nobody on the backside helping him. Um, so it's just, I think it's just, you know, playing with a little bit more force, not just kind of doing whatever is the most easiest thing to do. I think that'll be a big difference um, in, in game six. Uh, and then they have to do that. You can't just do whatever the Warriors want to do because they will yeah. set you up for failure for sure. Yeah, so we started the game with AD on Wiggins, right? Like like we had last time. And again, I thought their counter there was just putting AD like through the ringer through in like in motion stuff, right? We'll give it to Draymond and now you have to guard Steph coming up. You have to guard Clay kind of coming around. Mm-hmm. But I thought we overreacted a little bit. I thought, you know, and Steph's going to do that. Just him coming off the screen is like fire alarms that you got to ring like yeah. every single time. But uh, again, like I think the eight assists and getting their wheelhouse going and maybe, you know, maybe it's just as simple as the role guys don't hit some of those shots that they sure. do, you know, at home. But um, I do think like the Wiggins matchup is interesting and we're all kind of parlay this too is like, would you continue to start Vanderbilt, I guess here? And like, right. And I, look, I, I think our defense was the issue. We gave up 67 points in the first half and we were what down 11. So we scored like yeah. 50, you know, 56. Um, so well, you could be better offensively, but I think if you give up 67 points to any team, you're gonna you're gonna be in trouble. Um, but I think the conversation today is like, I think Rui's gonna have a tough time playing. Like, just I, I just don't think he can run. We're putting him on clay on purpose. I don't know what mind game that is, but like, I I don't yeah. I don't I don't I don't understand it. But um, it, it worked a little bit tonight. Again, Clay's cold, like you said. Like he's just not having. Game six clay though. That's the you know, that's the terminology. So you gotta yeah. you gotta be you gotta be ready for that. But uh would you continue with Vanderbilt here? That's that's where that's where I go back and forth. I just I think we're so late in the series, like adjusting to their adjustment now. Like I just like I feel like that'd be just a lot to do in like your do or die game to to go to that when that hasn't been the starting lineup for so long. But would you start Vanderbilt star? Would you was there someone else you'd kind of go with? 
Yeah, so if speculating, I think they're good. You know, I, I think they're probably going to stick with Vanderbilt just because mm. they want to start the game off trying to kill any of that motion stuff that that Golden State yeah. may want to run. Um, <laughs> again, like it's coming back to it, and it's going to sound like I'm harping on them, and that's not what I'm trying to do. But it, it like if Vanderbilt is doing his job and AD is doing his job, then we need Braun to do his job. Like we, he can't be giving up weak side offensive tip outs. You know, yeah. because GP2, like GP2 is crashing the glass and out jumping our 6'9 guy. And then obviously physics of basketball, somebody gets a running start on you. They're going to get to the ball probably before you do. But it's just like no boxing out. Like D'Lo has done, has done a really bad job boxing out. Like Oof. there's been times where they've had him on Wiggins and Wiggins isn't even part of the offensive play. And he doesn't do anything like in, in terms of boxing out. He just lets Wiggins run right by him and do it. So like my thing is, I think they have to play Vando because Vando, A, will run around, chase guys around, uh, depending on what he's assigned to do. And and bec- and the other thing is he's going to crash the glass because I think the other alternative is that they're going to, you know, they may start Dennis. And yeah. the largest concern, you know, I know people have said Lonnie Walker's improved defense, you know, maybe he should start. That's That's very well possible too as well. But my concern is if it's just LeBron, who is compromised, like his foot is compromised. You can see it in how he t- how he attempts. Like he's missing bunnies because he can't he can't he has no second bounce on his uh, you know like a standstill bounce. He needs like a full running start to get to get what he normally wants. But if you do that, then you're putting a lot of pressure on AD to have to be the the rim protector and be able to to rebound in traffic. And we already know that Draymond. Uh, Wiggins and, and GP2, they're selling out on every single offensive rebound. They're going to go and try and crash mm-hmm. the glass. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's the wise decision. And Rui, I don't know if we would start him all of a sudden just, just for that. But like, yeah, there's a trade off there just based on what we've seen basketball wise with these lineups that, that always concerns me. Yeah, that's the that's the counter that you know Golden State makes you play in, right? The little the game that you got at the game of chess that you're like living in is okay. Do we want to chase better? Do we want more size? Like where where's kind of the line there? And I think that's a tough decision. I would stick with Vanderbilt. I think there is a chance that Dennis starts. I don't see Lonnie being in there. I think Renee. I think we found out like you know I think it was like six minutes left in the in the fourth or something, and we were kind of coming back, and we went to the Dennis Austin and D'Lo three-guard lineup i think that's the lineup he trusts the most like i think that's like the lineup like he feels is his most trustworthy like all the mar for all the marbles like it's dennis d'lo and austin next to lebron and ad yeah. i think that's the five that he really wants to go with i still think he's gonna start with vanderbilt but it's a it's a tough situation because anyone who you put anthony davis on they're kind of committed to like we're bringing that guy up to screen. I don't care who it is. You hide him on Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is going to come up and screen. You hide right. him on Draymond. He's obviously Draymond. That's exactly that's the exact route he wants. You hide him on GP two. He's coming up, and I think we have to like pre switch a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, force the ball to GP two in places where like he has to actually make a play in space. I think like yeah. we did a bad job of letting him like cut baseline, and a lot of that again is on. There's a lot of plays when I watch like LeBron, just like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to watch the four on three yeah. kind of come through. And uh, again, 38 years old, all those caveats come through and you have to get the, you know, the, the load managing and stuff. But like the, the, the perfect example is just two on two play where it's Braun and AD running down the floor defensively. And I think mm-hmm. Braun and Wiggins is running behind Braun 
and they're kind of paired up together. And I forgot who it was. Somebody attempts the layup. It might have been Steph or it might have been Poole. I can't remember. And AD mm. goes and he alters the shot. And Wiggins just runs directly behind Braun because Braun's just watching him. And he gets he gets like a tip tip put back. Oh, yeah. Sort of so thing. when they were asking for the offensive yeah. interference, which and it so wasn't. It's just, like, but... it's just like plays like that. It's like, oh, like I get it. You know, like I don't expect you to jump with Wiggins every single time. But it's just like that kind of situational awareness. I thought that was very lacking, not just with one player, with, with the entire team. Like D'Lo has given up a ton of offensive rebounds, just ball watching, like not even interested in rebounding. Like every, like maybe once or twice, he'll, I'll see him do like a proper box out if he's like stuck to Draymond or something like that. But he's not like our guys need to rebound. And I think that was one of the things that like we, when we see it with Austin, like Austin kind of stands out sometimes because he does crash the glass and help these guys out. So like yeah. you can see the guys that are putting in effort in, in that respect. And Lonnie a little bit to some degree too in game four. So it's just that effort has to be there and that effort wasn't there. And and I think that's the difference between our loss. Um, I think that that was the main difference in, in, in our game five loss. I'm a little worried about, you know, the D-Lo part of this. You know, I think it's like two straight games. I think after GP2 was entered into the starting lineup, I think that, that the ball pressure from GP2 was really – taking him out of his game i feel yeah. like he just doesn't look comfortable and then defensively as well there was a play that i posted where lonnie walker i was actually highlighting lonnie walker like yeah being a madman chasing around people were like watch d-lo on this play where he's just like you know d-lo's kind of just walking around and uh, like very unattentive to like what's actually what's going on it's like a yeah. late clock play he's not a fast player obviously like the, the athletic gap between him and um our, our other guards are there but yeah like the defensive stuff giving up offensive rebounds a lot of plays were like just got to box out sometimes. Like there's like, there's a, right. a every single time really against this Warriors team. But um, yeah, talking about like D'Angelo Russell, I, he came through game six, you know, of the Memphis series. I think he had 30 points. I think he had like four threes by halftime. Yeah. Huge, huge game. Going to need it. I think tomorrow, I think you're going to need some other contributions here. I think you know, we've been waiting for like the LeBron, um, you know, demolition scoring game. Um, we'll see if that, that comes to fruition tomorrow. Hopefully, but I think D'Lo is going to have to hit some open shots. Austin is. They're continuing to sell out on in the paint. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where are you at with, with D'Lo, man? I'm, I'm a little worried about, you know, the the role that he's been having. We're trying to run offense through him. And I think that I think him being like an off ball player is more when GP2 is so locked in on him. I think that's kind of his role. But where are you at with, with D'Lo? It, yeah. So it, it's pretty clear that GP, that GP2 assignment is just to wipe him out completely. The, the, the mm -hmm. largest concern isn't so much the assignment. It's the fact that he's not even trying to run the offense. Like he gives it up and then he just removes himself from the play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we've hardly seen pick and rolls with him uh, and Anthony Davis since that assignment's happened, like, and respect to GP2, like he's a phenomenal defender. He's going to like more or less sure. face, face guard you for 94 feet. And I think that's why we've seen Austin be more aggressive because he's got Clay or he's got Steph and he's he's the one who's getting the screens and, and, and getting those shots up. So I don't know if that changes very much. Like honestly, like we're at we're at game six. Like I don't think there are any more adjustments. I don't think there's any yeah. trickery coming up. I think it's very basic. It's very like straightforward. Just like you said, whoever AD is guarding is the person that's gonna come and screen because they want AD away from the rim as much as possible. With GP2, like the, the GP2 assignment D'Lo, if he's on D'Lo, his entire responsibility is to make it so that D'Lo is not involved in the offense. So if D'Lo gives it up, like, I don't know if we're going to run off-ball actions for him or anything like that, but he can't just 
allow himself to be completely removed. Because what happens is GP2 gets the ball out of his hands. Now his job is done on that possession defensively. As soon as that shot goes up, GP2 goes and crashes the glass, which is towards his strength as a player. Yeah. He's a good defensive rebounding guard. So now what have we gotten out of D'Lo? So if we're not getting defense out of D'Lo, like in his individual situation, if he's not boxing out, if he's not helping crash the glass, if he's not shooting the ball, then you're not helping. Like Functionally, you're hypothetically spacing for us. But if you're so far away from the play, then that doesn't work either. So there has to be something somewhere where he tries to not force the issue, but increases the level of aggression. Like maybe you draw a quick foul on, on Gary Payton. Yeah. And now he's backing off of you. Now you can play your game a little bit more. Maybe the screen that you call for isn't Anthony Davis. Maybe it's Austin Reeves, that guard guard screen. And now you've got Clay Thompson on you instead. Stuff like that. Or, or maybe we run that pitch and catch with Vando and, you know, Vando and D'Lo. And, and work that action. So it's like, obviously, we want to keep feeding AD and get him into the interior. And like, I think that's going to be a thing that's going to happen. But I thought, you know, even I think you mentioned earlier, like Dennis had a had a turnover where he like telegraphed the pass that he was basically going to throw to AD. Everybody knew it. Yeah. Ron had one where he threw in like straight up in the air, like a, like a jump ball to AD in traffic, and you know AD got it. But at the same time, I'm like. Okay, you guys are like you guys can't just be it can't be like this. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Ron, you can get to the rim too, or Dilo, you can get to the rim. And so just I, I will say this. I thought our offense was fine for the most like I liked all of the shots that we took. Yeah. It, it felt like the flow of it was all good. Like they were the only the reason why this game never got away from them is they, they just kept attacking the paint and getting layups at the rim. So I think that the philosophically they're fine. It's it's really just not allowing yourself to be forced into settling for threes. You know what I mean? Like I thought Dennis settled for threes a couple of times and I was just like, mm, you could just probably just attack the rim and, and find somebody else. Yeah. And the, and the tell too is the Vanderbilt threes, right? I think he took like a few threes as well in terms of like, just in looking at our process, I thought, you know, there were a few plays where the ball swung to him, swung to him and you could always tell that's kind of when the team's like, yeah, just let him, you know, shoot some yeah. threes, see if he has it. Um, if not, and I agree, I thought our offense was okay. I thought AD was a monster in the first quarter. Like I thought he was, you know, I think he was in double figures already in the first, he had every little jump hook going, he had his jump shot going. He was super aggressive. Um, we just couldn't get stops. They, you know, they continued to attack the paint. And I think that's where like Golden State only had 13 threes. I know I say only, but like for, for them, they had, they were like 13 for 39, like 37% or, or something like that. Um, not a crazy like shooting game from outside. I think we had like one less three than them. It was just the paint barrage that they went into. Yeah. And again, it's that overreaction. And that's crazy because they're playing two non-shooters at a time. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, to, so the Steph ball screen is like really mucking things up for us. Andrew Wiggins, again, like I talked about the, 25 points where he just went crazy like he was you know in the paint every yeah. floater went through was super aggressive on austin reeves on d'lo and that's like the matchup as well i'm a little concerned with and when I, we need it like there's we have to find a way to keep ad kind of in the paint right and yeah. so like that's i think that's where like i think that's the chess match that you have to figure out where you don't just like you talked about you you can't just give up because once you once you commit to that, then the Warriors can really get into their bag. Like, like okay, you're going to bring AD up every single time. You're just going to allow us to get your best defender outside the paint. And now it's LeBron, like you said. It's Rui Hachimura. It's Jared Vanderbilt protecting the paint from guys who are starting to attack the rim. So I think that's super important. And, you know, I'm asking for a D-low game. I'm asking for a Reeves game. But honestly, 
Kapanay, game six, like this where your stars, like this is what this is what you're paid the big money, like what you're paid the big money for, like to be honest. Like this yeah. is where it is, you know. Like game I think game one, you got like a 20 point D low game. Game three, you got a 20 point Austin game. Game four, you got the Lonnie Walker special. Yeah. That's three wins. Like, you know, I'm not saying LeBron and AD were bad during that stretch. I'm just saying, like, you got three wins off of role players doing uh, a lot of helpful stuff offensively. You need one more. Like, I think this is where your stars have to come through. You're at home. Like, this is where, you know, I was watching Philly and uh, Boston. I'm just watching, like, Embiid and Harden unable to, like, crack 80 points you yeah. know, in, like, a home game. And Tatum is what, like one for 13, and he hits like the final three shots to put it away. But like, that's where your game is won. Your home, you know, Phoenix aside, I don't know what the hell that was, but like, uh, like, you know, your stars, you know, have to come through, I think, in these elimination type games. And that's what I expect for tomorrow. But uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think, I think all of this is just sort of like it, it's, you know, we, I think we say this every, every, <laughs> we say this like every time we do this phase, like, Game five would be a great time for that LeBron yeah, no. masterclass game. Game six, you know, and I'm basically saying the same thing again. Like if we can get him, if we can get one LeBron masterclass game, game six would be perfect for it. You know, he's kind of set the, the stage is sort of set up for him to to bring it home for us. Um, and honestly, I think our role players have played really well, like throughout the entire playoffs. Like you you expect some inconsistency with like Rui and stuff like that, but for the most part, like Austin's been phenomenal for the most. Like he's outplayed mm-hmm. Jordan Poole, I would say in aggregate um like uh dennis has been great rui's been good in spots Delo had you know a, a good game bando's done his job uh even with his minutes sliding down so it's like if we can get that you know even if we get like a lock down the paint ad that's phenomenal like that that would be that would be an excellent situation um because that's basically what happened in the memphis game memphis game six it was just him like completely shutting everything off in the paint and being being the guy that we think he is so I, I don't know, you know, like if we're going to get a masterclass from either of those guys, but I don't even know if we need a masterclass from either. Well, well, my point with this is like maybe the so the masterclass when you think of LeBron in terms of his history is like the forty points, twelve rebounds, twelve assists. I think it's evolutionized, right? Like I don't think you're getting that at least not in this series. Maybe against Denver, where you can attack. Oh, I don't want to. You know, it's disrespectful to even go on that series actually. Yeah. But um, like. I was thinking of it's crazy. We already have playoff games we can call back to from this season, which makes no sense. But game four, <laughs> game four, Memphis, uh, LeBron. We were like, hey, like, be nice to go up three one, right? Like, you know, you don't want to give back home court. Yeah. Um, Memphis comes out and punches us in the mouth. Like, it's a close game throughout. LeBron has twenty rebounds in that game, right? Twenty two points, twenty rebounds. He had this first twenty twenty game, I believe, of his career, or maybe in the playoffs. I don't remember which one. Um. And I think that's where I think it has to be a defensive masterclass to me. I think tomorrow's yeah. a defensive game. Like AD and LeBron need to put on a defensive show. And you just need to do it one more time at home. Crowd is in it. Let let the role players kind of feed off of it. It's funny. I was rewatching, you know, I know you don't watch it with sound, which is a little bit psychotic too, I'm a say. I like the <laughs> uh I obviously I'm not listening for the announcers. I love right, the right, crowd. Yeah. The yeah. crowd noises to me. And I think I'm not sure another player and its crowd have this relationship. Obviously, Steph and Chase Center have yeah. have their bond, right? Draymond and Chase have a symbiotic relationship to where, like, he does some foul stuff and the crowd exit on. And, like, it pumps him to do more foul stuff. Yeah. And then, like, the refs kind of 
get this energy from Chase. Like, oh, we got to kind of control stuff. And Draymond's yeah. like, you're not controlling this crowd, right? So it's like a funny kind of like. Did you, did you like how he, how he did you like how he like ran up on that ref like on for I think it was like a foul call or and he got like almost face to face with the ref. I was like, dude. So what you didn't like, hear that? I'm guessing you yeah. didn't hear the Chris Haynes report right there. No. Then where so Chris Haynes, this this is a real thing he reported after that. He said the ref, uh, the refs like stop talking, and Draymond said, "I'm not going to stop talking. You're going to have to tee me up." And the ref never teed him up. So like, wow. was, just, wow. just, <laughs> I'm listening to that. I'm like, did that did that report just come out the way I heard if it? I, but, if I ever get a chance to ever talk to him, like you know, whether it's an interview, a pod, whatever, or even if I'm, we're walking across the crossing path, the only question I'm going to ask him is, what do you do to not get kicked out of games? Because I've never seen a player be as demonstrative to the refs. I'm not even talking about like out in space. Like he's an emotional guy. So I understand. Sure. And sure. defensive guys tend to be like that. Like they're very demonstrative, but like the way he's demonstrative to the refs, I've never seen somebody be like that. And he doesn't get technicals. I'm like, I'm almost shocked at least one, like the second one, I get it. You don't want to eject them. So they'll, they'll have a lot of restraint and they'll take, they'll take it. But they don't even but the, give them the, the first one sometimes. But the but like the the it almost gets worse after the first yeah. tech, right? Like he gets even more demonstrative and like uh feels like he won't be thrown out. So yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, like him and him and Chase have like a really like just he gets them going. I think they get him going, yeah. and like you see the crowd, and you don't think of Draymond as like a role player, quote unquote, but like um yeah, I, th I thought like he really fed the crowd and his tenacity and tone. I thought really impacted us and uh, his defense I thought was fantastic as well. But like the scoring to me is what really built it. I thought he got a few easy buckets. Like you talked about the and one early Jaron Vanderbilt hit a three, right? Those threes feel yeah. like six points to me. Him, <laughs> like him, Marcus Smart, those, blast, yeah. yeah, him, Marcus Smart, Dylan Brooks, their threes feel like six. Like you're like, you did your defensive coverage was perfect, right? You play, you chase Steph around, you get around the screen, you recover, you recover, recover. Draymond open three goes in. You're like, Oh, like what was the point of all that? You know, he had a mid range too, I think, or later on in the at, game. At the too, end of the like, game, yeah. At the end of the game, it was nine points. The Lakers played really good defense out of a timeout. Yeah. Steph gives it to Draymond for a standstill mid range because he's just standing there in the middle of nowhere and he makes it. And I was just like, oh, God, this is just one of those games where it's just like, you know, we're not going to win because, you know, it, it is what it is. Even, even Gary Payton, Gary Payton hit, I don't think he's made many threes at all like this series. Mm -hmm. And he made, he made a corner three. Um, Early, yeah, yeah, early in the in the and that was part of their seventeen five run, but yeah, it's just that that part's <laughs> dream on, man. It's just it, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I, I think the home yeah. crowd does make a difference, especially for our role players too as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think that's where you get the advantage. You saw tonight. I think before it got out of hand, Cameron Payne, you know, got the yeah. uh, got the Chris Paul turned into Chris Paul for a little bit. Um, was hitting, you know transition threes and stuff so that's kind of what happens with like home home crowds but i thought it was funny watching like the the rewatch and watching draymond just getting egged on by the crowd and, yeah. and re-egging the crowd on it was just uh that's something that you don't think in terms of like the road arena but uh, i thought it impacted them and obviously steph gets going from them as well so yeah we'll see in game six i just yeah uh a lot, a lot of stuff there yeah so so let me read um so dave mcmenamin just tweeted out a very Hmm. looks like it's like a 500 word report um just uh, on espn just talking about uh anthony davis and lineup changes and stuff like that and so obviously he threw the lineup changes in there because i'm sure it would catch everybody's eye um so i am just going to read the last paragraph and if you follow dave mcmenamin you can see you can see the tweet that he put up um 
uh, on there. Uh, and so I'm just going to read the last paragraph. This is, I think he just, he just put it out maybe about five, 10 minutes ago um, is when okay. it got released. And so um, let me, let me, let me just read uh, for the folks in the space uh, what it is that, that he is in this report. Um, and so he says beyond Davis's expected inclusion, this is after he's talked about Davis passing, not, not being concussion protocols and all that stuff. Ham was asked if he could adjust his lineup any further to match the scoring punch that the Warriors possess. Mm. Uh, and this is Ham's response. These types, these type, I'm sure that's a typo. These types of situations, you throw a lot of stuff up against the wall, see what sticks, Ham said. But we're not shooting in the dark here. So Ham's saying, like, we have film. We know what, what we can do if we mm -hmm. wanted to do that. Uh, furthermore, it says the Lakers coaching staff watched the film of game five together on Thursday afternoon while the team was given the day off from practice. So they did a film session today. Um, Ham said that while the temptation to tweak the lineup is there, he recognizes his team has already won three games with the same group of starters. And the solution to win the series could very well just be to play better with those players, which mm -hmm. is what we just kind of discussed a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and then, Further on to conclude, it says, we'll sleep on some things, some suggestions, and some ideas that we we have, and then wake up in the morning ready to make a final decision, Ham said. The Lakers mm -hmm. lead Western Conference semifinal series 3-2 and host game six on Friday night in Los Angeles. So they did discuss possibly tweaking the starting lineup. Doesn't sound like they're committed here or there. Basically, it's the same two options that we essentially described. Either they're going to make a starting lineup change Probably yeah. what you said he likes to play Dennis um, as that fifth guy <clears throat> next to Austin D'Lo, uh, Braun, and AD. Or they're just going to go and tell these guys, look, we watched the tape. You guys are playing like ass to start this game <laughs> defensively. If we clean this up, we're probably, you know, this game doesn't go the way that it goes. Um, I would suspect that they're probably going to lean towards that first part because Vando's def Vando hasn't hurt them. He, like yeah like he hasn't hurt them that way like they're not losing I, I guess like i was having a back and forth with somebody else like they're not losing because of their offense they're losing because of their defense and adding right. more offense to the to it's not going to resolve the defensive issues so um i, I think they're just going to be much more they'll, they'll be better i i think defensively they'll be better i hope they are because that that's really going to be what decides whether we win game six or not yeah, I agree. I, I don't think Van like I obviously it's it's painful playing four on five. Like that's never a you know, that's never a, a situation that you wanna purposefully be in. But I don't think Vando's offense is the reason we're losing this game. Yeah. And I do think defensively he has a role. The reason he's there and our big, you know, people forget because I think it's interesting how I always forget this too, so I don't blame anyone, but like in a playoff series, right? Every game kind of gets the over I don't know, overreaction, but like each game is like its own ecosystem, right? Like yeah. it, the transfer of each game is a lot less than people think. Like I remember in 2010, we blew the Celtics out in game six and then game seven was like the most barn burner, like yeah. the mo not barn burner. Sorry. Like it was the most like tough nails game that I've ever watched. And they were just two completely opposite. So that's kind of how the playoff goes. Um, and yeah, going home is, is a lot different, but I don't think Vanderbilt's offense is the reason we're losing. I think we have counters set up where like, if we're doing things right, like he's not the one taking the shot. We've, right. we've said this like for weeks now is like the counter for him being open is not him shooting, right? Like he should not have, 
four five threes he's open every time like if, right. as if that's something they want to go to they can but like that that's not the counter there and uh yeah i think they just need to be better need to clean it up i think we gave the warriors way too many easy looks they're playing two non-shooters they've committed right. to that they're right. like we cannot you we cannot score on anthony davis like we need to play we need to go small. We need to run fast. I thought we turned the ball over a lot, like you said. Yeah. We clean up the turnovers, Renee, and the offensive rebounds. I think that's like that's enough. That's a that's a margin that like really helps us. And then um, I know people don't like to hear this, but getting to the line, like I think that's important for us. I think you know, yeah. 15, we shot 14 free throws, they shot 15, I believe, if I have um the numbers yeah. correctly. Like that's that's just not that, that margin is not enough in terms of where they usually win the three point line as well. It was, I think it was close in, in yeah. game five as well, but yeah, but it, yeah, I agree with that. I Even with the free throw disparity, like the, the free throw disparity is not that like, that's not the issue. It's like, if we're no, a big, yeah. if we're a big, sorry, not, and not, not to refute your point, like just to add to your point, like if we're the big physical sure. team and like LeBron said after the game, we like to go to the paint. We like contact. We like all that sort of stuff. If if that's the type type of team you are offensively, you have to be that team defensively too as well. I can't it yes. like, but if I go back at the end of the game and I look up points in the paint for both games four and game five, and Golden State is neck and neck with us, and Golden State's supposed to be a jump shooting team, then that means we didn't do our jobs defensively, and that yeah. and that they're exploiting you know whether it's the schematic thing with AD being pulled out to the paint or our weak side guys. LeBron, Rui, Vando, D'Lo, whoever, Austin, they're not doing their jobs and 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 helping protect, you know, seal off the paint the way that they should. And so that that has to happen. It can't just be talked. Like we have to see it. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I, you know, I think part of that is LeBron just being better as a, you know, as a uh down rotation guy and then Vanderbilt as well. I thought our rotation just weren't crisp. And the Warriors are the team that are going to absolutely kill you um if if you aren't on point. And again, like we we broke it down. I think that second end of the second quarter was really the like the game, right? It was tied at 50. LeBron got his jump shot going a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully that's another thing. Just I tick in the like lose the battle, win the war type of stuff. Like yeah. if LeBron's jumper can go just a little bit, he's like, you know, he's really aiming those, trying to trying to get those going. I think 80s jumper has sneakily like been good. Like it's he's been sneakily nice. been hit. Yeah, he's been hitting like at a 56, 57%, I think, from mid-range yeah. or something like that, like since since the playoffs. Um, so those two things I think should um should bode well and just meet force with force. I, I keep saying that. I think this this goes with for the D GP2 matchup. I think this goes for the Draymond AD matchup. Like you, you gotta go, you gotta go through them, not around them. And I think that's that'll be important, I think, for game six. And I expect that. I think you know they'll they'll come out with game seven energy. In game six, you do not want to go back to uh, the Chase Center and try to win a game seven. That'd be a extremely hostile environment. So I think they'll, you know, put it all out there. And it, like you can start Vanderbilt, and then if he's if it's not going, then you can always put in Dennis. I think if you already start with Dennis and that doesn't work, then that's a tough kind of like where are you at then? If like if right. you start the Dennis small ball like the three guards, and I think that also uh, really you know creates a lot of other issues in terms of the rebounding. We're already getting killed in that you go small to match up with them. Like you're kind of matching their small ball with your small ball. I think that's the that's the, that's the wrong decision. I don't think you want to yeah. match going small against the Warriors is kind of counter. Like I, it makes sense in terms of like if you want to match up, but I think like you're not gonna match their small ball lineup. Like Draymond at center with Steph and Clay. That's that's tough to like match up. You want to beat them with size and physicality on the other end. And I think right. I think we have the I think we have the people to do that. 
Yeah, I, th I, I think we have the personnel. I think we have the starting personnel to do it. Like, it, it, it's just a lot of stuff is just, like, just seeing them, seeing the way that they were pushing in transition, like, as a unit, just, like, any whoever gets the ball, just go up. Like, they weren't even giving it to Steph. Some, some of the, like, Steph wasn't part of some of those transition plays. It's just, like, Draymond and GP2 and Clay pushing it up the floor. And it's just, like, you know, we just didn't, like, we didn't pick up guys in transition. We weren't getting back in transition. Mm -hmm. Um and then, like, we would just do dumb stuff. Like, you know, like, we pick up the – like, AD picks up the wrong guy. Like, I know you're supposed to put a body on somebody in transition. That's typically what coaches yeah. teach. But it's just, like, it's he has to pick up the wrong guy because somebody else didn't do their job, right? Like, D'Lo was standing in the corner, and he watches the shot go up. And, he's, and we already know that he's not going to be crashing the offensive glass. But he doesn't wait until the ball actually gets rebounded to start running back. And so now Wiggins mm -hmm. is already in front of him, and now Wiggins is going to get a free run to the rim. You know, like stuff like that. It's just it's just small things like that that have to be corrected because you just can't be lazy about it. You know, like you can't. You have to understand the importance of of killing those possessions. And I like like I said, like I thought their offense. I thought the Lakers' offense was fine. I thought mm -hmm. actually their defense was pretty good for the most part. Like I thought, you know, we kept a lot of guys under check, made made things difficult. It's just that one run really at, at the end of the second where they just made a bunch of jump shots um and we kind of lost guys and, and turned it over that just really hurt us and you know i i would i would hope that we play a really clean game tomorrow turnover wise you know like i don't think braun's going to come out and have three turnovers in the first five minutes of the game like i, I would hope that he plays a yeah. much cleaner game um i think they'll be more deliberate in their actions they'll be more deliberate with like how they play their offense and their defense it's just it's just, I don't know, it just feels a lot like game two. Like game two, you can tell, like they came out and they were like, yeah, we're happy to get the split, you know? Yeah, which is which is disappointing too, you yeah. know what I mean? Like they're like, I, I feel like that last night's game, even though, you know, the Warriors, I give them credit. I thought they played well. They, sure. you know, they they ran their stuff. They countered a lot of our stuff. I think that game was takeable, like in a, in yeah. a sense, you know, like we didn't get the doors blown off us like people thought at least. And I thought we made enough of a run um, in that second quarter. Again, you go, you go down 17-5. My teams might mail that in, uh, but, you know, they, they got all the way back. I think they took, like, a three-point lead on an 80 jumper, but from there it just kind of fell off. The avalanche went. I'm interested. So, you know, this this playoffs has really been LeBron off the ball. Right? Like, yeah. that's that's been the story. It's like, look at him, you know, deferring to Austin Reeves and deferring to D'Lo, and that's cute. And, like, it's nice. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's It's great. It's freaking winning. Like, it's winning time now. It's right. second round game six. You know, this is for all the marbles. Like, so I'm fascinated here in this situation. Is this still a defer? Or is this like, I'm LeBron freaking James. Like, like you're starting 6'6 six, six and 6'5 six, dudes on the starting lineup. Like, I need to get to the rim. Yeah. Uh, Zach Lowe said, said an interesting stat that, you know, I didn't see before. But LeBron ran three pick and rolls in game yeah. five. In game five. He ran like 26 in game, uh, in game four picking on Steph Curry, right? Every right. single time, like not exactly rolling this, those stats can kind of be, you know, manipulated in different ways, but like where you're hunting Steph Curry, the guy comes and sets the screen to get right. the switch. Only did that like three times. I expect a lot more of that. Um, especially when pools on the floor pool played 20 something minutes. Uh, it's a lot for like what he's been getting in terms of his rotation. I think we're going to try to make Steph work a little bit more, make it a little bit more deliberate there. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Like, where do you, like, where's LeBron's mindset to you? Is he going to play it by ear, uh, pick his spots, still try to take some jump shots? Where's the, where's the LeBron James you think tomorrow? Offensively, I'm not expecting 40 points. I'm just right. talking about the mindset in terms of like, 
is this him being like, no, no, just give me the ball. Like the, this is this is a time for me to kind of control every single action. Yeah. So I, I, um, in terms of the playmaking, I think he'll go with the flow when it comes to that. But when it comes to his actual like his like when he's calling his own number, I think mm-hmm. I think he'll probably be a little bit more deliberate with his action. Really, the question is how he's is how is he going to deal with Andrew Wiggins' physicality? Because Andrew is pressing him a lot when he gets the ball yeah. in his hands and. I don't think Braun trusts his first step right now against against Wiggins. And Wiggins is a very good defender. Like he did a fabulous yeah. job on Tatum in the foul in, in the finals. And so it's it's about like it's about getting him downhill. It's about you know maybe getting Wiggins off of him if that's a guard coming over and screening and, and just doing a rub screen or a slip just to give him a little bit of separation. Like that that's been one of the things because he doesn't get to the rim fast enough to avoid the extra defender. So like when it's Wiggins on him, like Draymond is going to come help, GP two is going to come help, and they're and they're really just trying to crowd like his floor space and make it really difficult for him to get get a nice shot off. And even then, he's still getting a shot off. He's just you know he's just he's, his foot's not there, so he's missing him. So my thing is, the best way to probably get him good looks is to do it in early transition. He can't. I don't know if he can do it in 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 standstill half court. You know what I mean? Like if the ball is swinging around. And it gets to LeBron, and, he, and then and then he's you know attacking a closeout or something like that. That'll work, but it can't be give it to LeBron ISO against Wiggins, no screen, nothing. Like I think he's no, yeah with those possessions specifically. I I still think Vinay, it's him in the post. Like that's where I'd like to see us like yeah. try to take advantage of. Um, the Warriors do a great job of like shading, fronting, doing all make it. You know, when you're small, you're kind of give him a little bit more leeway. You're a little bit more, you can be physical. You can, you know, uh, when you're small, you're fast, right? So yeah. a little more quickness and you can knock passes away. And I thought that like kind of created some turnovers there, but I would look for like him in the post to like try to get, I think that's where he has the advantage on Wiggins. He's not going to, like you said, the ball pressure, Andrew Wiggins can really move his feet. He can knock the ball away. I think there was a play where like LeBron couldn't even get it up the floor. I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this play on your rewatch, but like he was coming up and like the ball was tipped. And I think he, I don't think we got an eight second violation, but I think it was like pretty close where we were coming yeah. up. Oh yeah, yeah. When he was pressing him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like pressing him. He couldn't even like dribble it, dribble yeah. it up the floor. So um, yeah. I like to me, like LeBron's attack should be through the post and then make you know, make Draymond come over. Like if it's yeah. GP2, Clay Thompson, uh Steph Curry, like that's not changing LeBron's shot to me. Like if he can get to the front of the rim, and maybe this is just him saving it in the tank. I don't think I've ever seen a star like load manage through a playoffs. Like I, that's this is a oh, first yeah. for me to see that, right? And I think that's exactly what LeBron's been doing. And he's even publicly said in game. Never heard a player mention this ever per- publicly either. He's like, yeah, game five in Memphis, we knew we didn't really have a shot, so it's like we're just gonna fly back <laughs> and beat them at home. Yeah, it's an absurd thing to like say out loud, you know. And maybe just don't respect Memphis in that way to say it. But yeah. um, yeah, it's like to watch him manage it through. And I'm I'm hoping tomorrow is kind of like the put the hand in the tank, get everything out that you can, um, and then get four days rest before hopefully we move on to a conference finals. But yeah, so, yeah I'm so, so fascinated by him. Yeah, so I was going to say, there, there's also a trap that's in this situation that the Warriors might have like accidentally sprung on themselves. And and we were mm. talking about this offline. And I told you that the last time Draymond scored 20 points, it was game four or something like game five at, at the Kings. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he put up a 20-point game, very dominant, all that sort of stuff. And um, you know they win that game, and the, and the game goes to Game Six back to uh, back in Golden State. And so people were absolutely convinced that you know what Golden State is going to win this. 
Like they they took the pivotal the fifth game um, in with the Kings, and there is that stat like eighty four percent of the teams or blah 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 whatever it is that wins game five in a two two series wins, and then and then the winning Steph has his second half in in game seven. But the the, the trap is the expectation of Draymond to do what he did in game five in game six as well. So the same way Draymond came out in his pod after Lonnie's game and he said, well, if Lonnie Walker beats you, that we'll live with that. Like to some degree, the Lakers could also say the same thing. Like if Draymond's going to be taking all these shots, like, you know, we'll kind of live with that. Like it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like it's not very often Draymond comes out hitting his first three shots, getting and ones. And that's with yeah. us playing way off of him and not respecting him at all as a player. And like, if we maybe clean that up, if maybe the crowd's not on his side, like maybe, you know, maybe those shots aren't following. And now we're reading tweets up and down our timeline of warrior fans threatening his life because he's taking shots that they want Steph to take instead. So like, there's a part of that that's a trap in the sense that you may not get that 20 point game again, but he may feel like he has that green light because of the game yeah. that he just played. And that's what happened in game six. Um, game six, the Kings kept playing the way they liked to play. And eventually their style of play took over. Like De'Aaron Fox kept getting to the paint. Malik kept getting into the paint. They didn't deviate from what they normally do. And, and that eventually caught up to them. So it's just, I'm very curious to see if that ends up happening. Because if he comes out super aggressive and the first, you know, if the first 10 shots that the Warriors take, if more than half of them are shots from Draymond or, or Gary Payton, because they feel like that's what, that's what needs to be done. Like, you know, and, and, and they're not making them, then maybe, you know, like that, that plays into the Lakers favor a little bit more. Yeah. That, that's, what's interesting. And I think he's going to have to score. Like, I think just the way, at least if we keep the same defense that we've been doing, like that, that shot is open for him. Like him not shooting is, is killing their offensive flow, right? Like yeah. if you can you can cut the clips, like every motion stuff dies. If you switch everything, that kills the motion, and then Draymond gets a one on one. I think he's gonna have to at least be um, a little bit more aggressive. That's a good point. Maybe that like forces their offense to go through him a little bit more. Yeah, Draymond had twenty points. You know, five of them are jump shots. Like it was five points from that was jump shots. And I don't think the Draymond twenty doesn't kill you if like you don't give up twenty five to Andrew Wiggins, right? right? Or like. And then the 13 to GP2. And I thought all of GP2's buckets were like our late rotation. One of them yeah. was a three, but like the other ones were all just late rotation and he gets a dump off pass or a dump off dunk or in transition, like he gets a layup. That kind of stuff. That's stuff you got to clean up. And I think, you know, you'll be all right. Clay, I don't think he's going to have Clay had 19 points in, you know, two games, which yeah. I just, I don't, I don't see him, I don't see him sitting that cold for that long. Like yeah. I think. You gotta expect Clay to like come out. I think our defense also is good. I think it's a push and pull there, just like any defensive offense kind of matchup. I think it's some of us and also some of him. I would expect him to be a lot more aggressive uh, tomorrow. But yeah, with the Draymond stuff, I think that's kind of what they that was their counter. They're like, you have to score. You gotta yeah. go. And it, it it was a shock to the system. You could tell Vanderbilt they weren't he wasn't ready for it. Um, D'Lo and Austin were kind of not ready for it. And again, the kind of crowd Draymond starts flexing and it, it just, it kind of avalanches on you in a way that I don't think it'll be as much, um, at home tomorrow, but it's also something you got to be cognizant of. You can't just give up 10 layups to Draymond Green. Like Absolutely. that, that's, yeah. that's the stuff that you can't have, but I do think there's a little bit more of like it. You got to at least make the shot a little bit tougher. And if he's going to throw, if he's going to drive and then hit it like a dump pass to GP two, that's where you got to like, that's the stuff you got to take away. But yeah. Other than that, like I, w I was kind of fine too with with him. And, and the crazy part is, even with him doing that, they were right in the game the entire way. Yeah, it's, it's not as if 
like him doing that. Like you would think that if I told you beforehand Draymond's going to have a 20-point game in game game five, you would be like, oh, we probably got blown out by 30 or something like that. But that that just wasn't the case. And so that that's that's one of those things that like, um, and and I think Shell here in the in the YouTube chat just kind of mentioned it. Like they also hit a ton of threes to start that game to start yeah. that quarter, and it was, it was a tight game all the way through. Again, a testament to the fact that they just kept. We don't need home runs. Just keep keep going for base hits and go for singles, and you'll win the game that way over the course of the game. And those are high high percentage, high quality shots. So it's just. You know, I, I, there's a lot of different ways game six could go. It could be very tight, just like game four was all, all the way through and then, you know, be a game of runs going back and forth. Um, but I do think, like, you know, game four was one of those games where it kind of, like, Braun had an up-and-down game within a, yeah. within that game itself. You know, like, we came out in the third, automatically ripped off a 7-0 run to tie it, and then we got that sequence of missed mid-range, missed three, turnover, that let them basically go on a 10-0 run to build the lead back up to 10 points. Um, like, what? That's, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we get, like, whatever the best version of Braun looks like, if that's just very little turnovers and just attacking the paint. Like, even if it's still subdued, you know what I mean? Like, I, I hope that's a version that we get because we do need him. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think, like, I don't think I, – I, AD has done a really good job in single coverage scoring, and he's done mm-hmm. a really good job even in traffic scoring. I think Austin's done a really good job. Like, I need more from D'Lo, and, and I need a little bit more, like, pace setting and, and, and tempo dictation by by, by D'Lo and, and, and Braun. Like, we need them to kind of step up because I think AD and Austin have really, really been bailing this team out when, when they yeah. get really hairy for him at times. Yeah, I thought Austin was really good. I mean, I think he's starting to find his legs – um, which is, you know, not something you usually do later on in a series, but it feels like he's found his legs. He's hitting threes, um, hit, uh, three more threes yesterday. So he's six for his last 12 from downtown. So last two games, six for 12, that's really good. And a lot of those are tough, right? They're not just wide open threes. Some of those are like step backs. Those are like sitting behind the screen, taking yeah. those. And I think, you know, we're going to get a short lease with like D'Lo tomorrow. Like, I feel like it's going to mm-hmm. like Lonnie Walker, I thought played really well in his minutes. I think we're. Like there's this athleticism that that gap between those guys, and I think just we need a little bit more juice yeah. on like defense there. And again, I think you know next year's could be more like with with D'Lo and stuff like that. But I just think um, that's kind of where it's going to be. But I thought Austin was really good. I thought like he was aggressive, kept us in the game. Some tough jumpers, got to the line, had like a nice pump fake on Clay. He's kind of he's pushing the physicality back, right? And I think that's what you have to do against the Warriors. Clay, like you don't think of him like that, but he's a super physical dude, even on defense. Like he's trying to get into you. And you can tell, like, just like giving the contact back, I think is so important. So it's gonna be fascinating, man. I, you know, I, I think we, you know, I think we pull it out tomorrow. I'm just how it, you know, what the process is. I'm I'm so interested. I, yeah. I think the Warriors think they found something with the Steph, you know, screen action. Um, and I think we believe that like, you know, we go home. I just like they're so small, Vinay. Like, I just like it that that usually catches up to a team at yeah. some point. Like when you're, when you give up that much of a size advantage, like the, the Warriors are a, you know, a unicorn of unicorns in terms of their play styles. But right. um, I do think still like that size and that physicality should matter in a, in a home game where you can kind of control the tempo a little bit more. And I think LeBron's going to be a lot more aggressive and assertive and uh, really decisive in what he does in terms of his offense. I thought there was a lot of settling for jumpers and yeah. some of his jumpers went down. But uh, I thought a lot of that stuff that he can clean up, and uh, he's gonna have to just one did, more time. 
Was oh he was God. he doing that? I'm, I'm trying to remember. In Memphis game six, was that the game? Because there was a game in that series where he he went right to the post to start the game, like very early on. Was that was that game six or was that a different game that I'm thinking of? Was that like game five? I can't remember. Yeah, I, th- I think that was was that game three or four in Memphis. I don't yeah. remember if that. I thought game six, D'Lo just came out and hit like eight threes, and that was like yeah, maybe that, that was kind that, of the game. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to remember what it was, but there was a game I remember where Braun like very deliberately because I think he had like Xavier Tillman or he had I forgot who he had on him. Oh, it might have been Dylan Brooks that that he had on him. He took mm-hmm. him directly into the post like for like three straight possessions, and he just kept attacking the you know putting putting pressure, pump faking all that sort of stuff. And it's not like his foot was any better back then, but he was very deliberate with his actions. Like I'm mm. going to dictate how the defense is going to d- defend us on this possession, not I'm going to do whatever the defense wants me to do uh, on that possession. And I think this would be a very good game for for you know that sort of thing. Like like you said, like they're giving up so much size, but really all they're trying to do is outspeed us to the rim. And yeah. As long as they can keep doing that, they're going to continue to do that. So we just have to. I don't think matching speed with speed is is the way to do it. I think it's just remember who you are. Like, you know, just like you guys are the bigger, stronger, more physical team. Um, you guys need to play like it and not and not just, you know, be lazy and, and, and watch guys just take layup lines at the rim and stuff like that. Um, yeah. If we went to like this four guard lineup to close the game, I think AD was out yeah, at he was, that time. He was he was yeah, out. yeah. Yeah, he was out. So we went to the four guard. And I understood it at the time. I just like to me that's uh, just I hope that's not the I hope that's not the direction we go with this sure. right like I like where a lot of the game we try to match up their speed with Steve with speed I think this is like make it a half court make it an ugly game yeah um, and I think we you know we have the advantage there Steph's still gonna be a killer like that's a that's a every possession issue that you got to solve but I think like I think we found some I don't know if answers is the right right word but the right process to go about it yeah. um, and I don't think the right process is letting him cook for 14 assists like you did in game four, you know, right. like I don't, like to me, that's the wrong issue. You got to pick some type of poison and both of them can kill you. Like, right. Right. You know, either of the poison can kill you, but you got to kind of pick one. I think that's the more one you should lean, force him to kind of score. And he can do it. Had a 50 point game seven. Like Steph is more than capable of killing you offensively. I just like, I think that's where you, you go, go about it and adjust later. Um, Cause they have like two non-shooters. Yeah. There. What, what, what do you think? Like that, they were at home and they were missing threes at a pretty decent clip. It felt like, yeah, like even even open ones like they were missing. Like that's not just by chance. Like, do you think like the fatigue is catching up to them? Uh, just running around constantly. Like, like they scrapped their motion offense. The motion offense is gone. Yeah, it's gone. They don't even mm-hmm. run it anymore. Like they've pretty much gone exclusively to try and create a mismatch with with the with the assignment and then swing the ball around until somebody can get an open shot. Um, but they've scrapped it completely. Do you think? Because I feel like that's actually affected them, like th- because Clay is not running the same action. So that robotic rhythm that he has when he keeps running the down screen yeah. stuff or the flare cuts and all that, like that's actually throwing him off. Because now he's just doing that thing where he runs a wing to wing and he's just waiting for whenever. Sh- and like again, yesterday was a game where Clay took some threes, and I was just like, I don't know if this is the right <laughs> three to take. You're just like kind of like. He's shooting yeah. it like he doesn't know when the next shot's gonna come, and right, um, like he may we may get more of that tomorrow. Like just them taking out of rhythm. Like Pool had another play, and and uh, where he got it off of a screen, and he takes this floater that hits doesn't even hit the rim. It goes straight yeah. off the backboard, and he's like, you know, it's just it's it's been 
those two guys not being hyper efficient and, and effective or, or drawing fouls, that sort of thing, like that has really hurt them. Like that, that's why I keep thinking when on my rewatch, like, oh, okay, Draymond scored 20, but what if he doesn't score 20 and these guys are still shooting like this? Like things could get really ugly really fast for them um, because of how they like to play. And so, you know, that I hope, I hope, I hope like the staff saw that. I hope they saw that. Yeah. Like, look, our Austin did a good job. Dennis did a phenomenal job staying with Clay, like when he was in the game uh, and pressing him. Like, obviously, Curry's going to get his 25. You're never going to stop him from doing that. But like, I hope they saw it and they said, look, our perimeter guys are doing their job. We need to go yell at our our bigs and be like, yo, like you guys need to cover the paint. Like these guys are doing their jobs and making sure that they take tough jumpers. But you guys got to help them out at the rim. And so, I, I hope that was one of the take takeaways from from their film session today. Yeah, we've changed their character. Like, this is not who they are at all, right? Like, this yeah. is just like, they, they're a completely different system here. And so, like, you've completely changed them. They've changed the starting lineup three times already, right? Like, that's, we've had them adjust, and that's part of a series as well. But, yeah, they're playing a completely different game, and the Warriors are so, like, malle- Steph is so malleable that, like, he can kind of shift into different roles and still kind of kill you. But, I mean, look at Clay's shooting. So, he took 25 shots in game one. Um, game two was a blowout, took 18. But then after that, when a 14, 11, and 12, right? Like, and it's three for 12, three for 11, five for 14. And I think it's what you're talking about. Like, this is like, to me, that system, Steph can, you know, dominate any system. That system is based for like Draymond and Clay to kind of, it, it really accentuates their talents to me and it, it puts them in great position. If you can switch, and this happens in the playoffs, you saw this against Houston, I think a few years ago as well. As well. Like, if you switch everything, it kind of mitigates a lot of motion offense where right. you kind of have to have an isolation score. And at that time, it was Kevin Durant, which is unfair as hell when Steph and Clay are on Absolutely. the floor together yeah. uh, with them. But, um, and that, you know, took out a, a Houston, Houston team. But I think you're seeing that here as well. Um, and I, I hope, you know, tomorrow it can be mitigated a little bit more to where you can slow down there. Just when the ball moves for them, they're like the team that really lives and feeds off that. And right. You'll see Moody get going and their whole team just really gets going off the like the ball movement. They'll have like four or five swings in the same position. And I thought our closeouts were reckless as well last night. So all that kind of all that kind of comes together to a really poor kind of defensive performance. So, yeah, but you're right, though, to your point, like is it? different war like they've completely shifted what what they do and i yeah. think game one kind of tells you from clay shooting 25 shots for clay he doesn't maybe doesn't shoot that much but he gets up 20 shots in their system um you you switch it over to this ball screen heavy kind of a steph uh oriented offense and yeah clay's not going to get loose as much and i think we've done a nice job chasing him around too but yeah. that's the you know conundrum that golden state puts you in yeah, and it and it feels like you know if you now have I I do agree with what Ham has said like we now have two mm-hmm. game like we have th- there's no surprises now we have two games of tape we know what they're gonna do when GP comes like when GP or Draymond or literally anybody comes to screen for Steph because they want AD on the perimeter that screener is not screening he's just slipping the screen no matter what and so mm-hmm. the Lakers there should be no surprises as to how they want to cover that now like there should be no and Steph isn't shooting it. Like he's waiting for the slip because he yeah. wants to set up the slip. So it's not like there's like a dual threat. Not that he can't, he has a hair trigger on his jumper, but like he's, he's uh, like, he's looking for the slip. Like there's a couple of times where that slip has happened and like the Lakers are trying to take away the passing angle and he's like adjusting his body to try to create a passing angle for that player. So it's like, it's very clear that he's doing that deliberately. Um, 
I do think that game four probably took something out of him, like legs wise, because he played over 40 minutes. He was doing mm-hmm. a ton. And I think like just like Braun, like he's probably doing a little bit of load managing within the game to itself because it's just just doing it that much is, is physically taxing. Um so if you are winning the game of attrition against a guy like Steph and he's not taking those shots, then you've done a pretty good job you know, with him, now you just have to make sure you clean up all this stuff that you're just letting go with the role players. And I think that stuff is just, it's fixable. I don't, I don't think it's stuff like, I don't think they've done anything in game five or even game four where I'd be like, we have no solution for this at all. And I think the solution is just play better. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't be lazy and just watch guys back cut you for offensive. Like we, there was a, I think there was a possession this game or the last game where they a shot goes up. Andrew Wiggins just goes flying in. Nobody boxes him. Yeah. He tips it out. They miss the three. Then GB2 comes in, same, does exactly the same thing, goes flying into the middle of traffic and tips it out again. And it's just like, all right, guys, like we have to clean this kind of stuff up. Yeah, for sure. And like those offensive tip outs and the Warriors are really good at crashing at that. But like, you know, boxing out and that's all that fundamental stuff that I thought we just didn't do. Um, and keeping them out of transition, I think is super key. You got to make them score in the half court every time on you. Make them score in the half court, you get back. And some of those are on runouts. I also think shot selection is extremely important. I think a lot of our threes are, you know, like Dennis corner three. And, you know, those go in sometimes, but like when it doesn't, it's a, like a long ball rebound where right. they're out and running. And especially when Draymond gets to rebound, he's gone. Vanderbilt threes as well to me are close to turnovers. Like where they're yeah. like Vanderbilt threes are almost live ball turnovers to me. Like unless you're up big, but where like they can really get out and go and you just like, you don't want to feed their fuel. Right. And I think that really feeds like what they do, like running and yeah. transition. And I think our half court defense is, is solid. I think, you know, it's solid enough to kind of slow them down uh to get our scoring on the other end so um and, we'll see a little uh, i was gonna say well, Vanderbilt's really aggression quick. in game six was also a thing too if i remember like in memphis like vanderbilt was uh, i think he hit a couple threes in game six mm. no? yeah like yeah. him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I believe you're right yeah he had like two threes i think to start that just, game so. to start the game yeah so yeah, it's just like yeah. even him just being an offensive threat like if draymond if we're disrespecting draymond draymond's crashing the glass and they're doing the same thing to vando like like if, if Braun doesn't have it or Braun's giving it to you, I'm not saying chuck to three, but like go make a play, yeah. you know, attack and, and set somebody else up. Um, if you want, you know, they don't have Looney, it's just Draymond. And it's gonna be yeah. Draymond has to be concerned for Anthony Davis. So maybe those layups are there, you know, or, or something else. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if like, so, uh, you know, Vanderbilt is so fascinating. I know this is probably a later conversation, but like 82 versus 16, right? And we think of this mm. in terms of like, and this is not attacking him. This is like, we think of that usually in terms of like, yeah, you're 82, you're 16, you're on one or the other, right? Like right. You, we just throw them in either side. Right. But I think like his offensive game is like an 82, you know what I mean? Like, like right. when I like see like all the floaters and all the stuff, all the stuff's kind of gone. Like the, like the cutting and like, the, yeah. he had some like pretty reverse finishes. I remember to like in, during the season and yeah. that kind of stuff where like defenses really tighten in, they're disrespecting your offense at such a like, it's such amount where like they're just taking away what you do well like you're not getting anything around the rim everything from you is going to have to come from the outside and i think that's this isn't specific to vanderbilt teams do this to all kinds of role players yeah. i'm just i'm king in on him because he's the one being played off of in our starting lineup i just i think his defense has been solid it's been great it's we're we're not here without his you know defensive um act especially on john moran and stuff like that but 
Um, I just think it's interesting. Like his offensive game is really because I think like when he brought him in, he was like a Swiss Army. Like that's kind of what it was sold as. Like he can pass. He can you know he has a little bit of a left hand. Like he has a floater. Um, and I still think his passing is better than he's shown. I think he has a little bit more short roll action where he can't really get to in this series. But I think it's interesting watching him. Um, but there's a little like tug of war here coming, Vinay. The Warriors have won a road game in every single series yeah. that they played. The Lakers have not lost a home game um, All since season. the playoffs started. Since the playoffs started, yeah. Yeah, so it's a little bit of, and, a, uh, of a back and forth. And what was it? The other stat that I saw, the Bron stat, LeBron's never lost a series. Uh, yeah, he's 17-0 like, mm-hmm. in series that he's been 3-1. and one. So there's this the yeah. impossible force meets the <laughs> unbreakable wall thing going on right yeah. now. So, yeah, I, I think both teams, and Bron said it himself, it's game seven for them you know, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not game six for them. And so I think both teams are going to come in very seriously. I think the Warriors are very, you know, they're, they're three core guys or veteran guys are going to come very locked in, you know, regardless of whatever's going on with the young guys on that team. Um, I think the Lakers are going to come in very locked in too as well. It's, you know, it's going to come down to execution, execution, efficiency, who makes the least amount of mistakes, who wins the rebounding battle. I, I want, I, I haven't double checked the stat, but I think the team that wins the rebounding b- battle has won all of the games in this mm. series I'm, I'm don't hold me to that i'm not absolutely sure but i want to say if you win like the rebounding battle, you, you you win it um points in the paint again another thing like the lakers have not been overwhelmingly winning the points in the paint um since game one like it's been much closer and you know that's why the game three blowout happens when we have we hit a bunch of threes so that's that's a little bit different or, or the free throw disparity uh happens but like They've, they've got to do it. Like, they've got to do it. So I'll, I'll ask you the question. Game six. Yeah. We know the home crowd's going to be raucous. We know the home crowd's going to be crazy. Um, we know these guys do play better. The role players do play better when, when they're at home with whatever their specific roles are. Uh, who's the role player that you think, if if he has a standout game, who's the role player has, that has a standout game tomorrow? I just think it's trending to the way, like, I think Austin's just trending upward. I would, you know, probably go with him. I also think, like, he's the one that they are – they're trying to, like you said earlier, they're trying to remove D'Lo's offense um, for whatever reason. They've really keyed on that, and I think they've done that. I think GP2 has done exactly what they told him. Get under get under D'Angelo Russell, get under his dribble, force him to feel pressure, and I think he's done that. And I think there's ways D'Lo can, again, attack force with force. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I think D'Lo can hit some open shots. I think Austin's been, like, really solid. I think he's found some success against Golden State. He has a... There's like a wiggle about him, like where like he mm-hmm. he makes it tough. Like he, you know, he gets to his mid-range, he's more physical. He kind of pushes physicality back on a Warriors team that really attacks you. So I'd go with him, uh, even though like that's on the backdrop of LeBron and AD playing well. Like that that has to be the backdrop between the, the two stars showing up. But I think I think Austin has the best chance. I think he's the most comfortable getting his shots off on the ball. But but what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think Austin will have the big the big game. I'm I'm gonna say so. So I'll I'll give you a follow up question too. So mm-hmm. I I would agree with you. I think Austin will be the guy who's productive out of out of the group of role players. Um, the next question I'll ask is who do you think might surprise you uh, as a standout role player? And I'll give you mine. I think it's gonna be Dennis. I think Dennis okay. may surprise me um, off the bench because he's been doing actually a pretty good job, like getting to the rim. His defense has been pretty great. I think. Ham has rewarded him with possessions, like minutes, because of that. His his defense and his ability to score. So I think I think Dennis might have a game where, like you know, he gets to the line, foul baiting, no foul baiting, whatever it is. I I think he he has a decent game. 
tomorrow. Yeah, he's he's been playing well, actually. I thought he had a really nice game five. Like, I think he was solid. I thought he kept us in the game. He's another guy that can strangely get his shot off. Like, he gets the, up to those floaters and those, like, little, you know, maneuvers in the paint and stuff. Like, sometimes our guards just can't get to um, his size. He can kind of get in there. Um, yeah, it's, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I would, like, go probably – maybe Lonnie can have, like, a stretch of, like, a quarter. I think he's going to get a shot tomorrow, and I think his athleticism, like, it really jumps out. A steal and, like, a layup. Get the crowd going a little bit. I think I could see that from Lonnie as well. So, um yeah, and look, I hope D'Lo surprises me as well. Like, I would love for, like, another game six. And D'Lo gets up for these. Like, like, yeah, he's another guy where, like, the crowd gets into him. You know, like, I feel like him and the crowd have also, like, this nice symbiotic relationship where, like, he feeds off them, they feed on him. And, like, I think that's that's something that can happen tomorrow too. So um, yeah. I need a, need a team effort for it. Yeah, so so we'll see. Tomorrow, big game. You know, it's basically game seven for the Lakers because we don't want to have to go back to Chase um, and turn it into like this sudden death situation uh, against them. Uh, oh, yeah, and awesome. So Jacob was nice enough to go and fact check me. Um, <laughs> the rebounding stat is correct. So in each Lakers win, the Lakers have only had two more rebounds. The Warriors have one. So, yeah, so basically the team that wins the rebounding, um, rebounding battle ends up winning the game um, in both Warriors wins. They've had 10 plus more rebounds than the Lakers. And in the Lakers wins, the Lakers have barely won the rebounding battle, but they have won the rebounding battle, which is important um, in general. And so, you know, tomorrow will be a big game. Uh, I'm not counting it as a legacy game for anybody. I think it's just going to be a big game, you know, and, and sure. we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I don't think there's, a, I don't think we're expecting any surprises. I know we got the news on Andrew Wiggins, and the, the rib yeah, issue, strange. I don't know if that's a real thing or if that's just, you know, that's just, you know, them they, putting it out there. Yeah, they, they said it's a pain tolerance, so I'm guessing he's going to play. I think yeah. they also reported that he said he, he'll look like he'll play. Um, yeah. So, But last thing on my notes, Vinay, that yeah, I had, I think this is this is interesting. So Anthony Davis, um, game, uh, game five, zero stocks. So no steals, mm. no blocks, right? Uh, game four, no blocks. Had three steals with zero blocks. Before that, this was his block count. Uh, before game four, uh, before game four, four blocks, three blocks, four blocks. Like so, that's what eleven blocks in three games, and then zero blocks the next two. Um, Defensive activity. So that was my question to you: How much is it him? How much is the Warriors scheme? Like, where's the line there to you? Um, look, I think zero stocks leans one way, right? Like, yeah, that you know, that's zero. Again, those aren't picture perfect, like. Those aren't exact measurements of it, how good a player defended. I think those can be those numbers can be skewed a little bit, sure. but I do think with Anthony Davis, those tell a lot of the story. But yeah, where do you where do you come down with that? I think that's so fascinating that like after a series and a half where he pretty much blocked anything that was in the air yeah. to have zero blocks in the last two games. Um, where do you fall in terms of scheme versus just his tenacity defensively? Yeah, so, you know, like the fact that their points in the paint have taken a jump up in the past two mm -hmm. games, going over 50 points for both games four and games five, and the fact that he hasn't had very many blocks kind of kind of tells me like there might be something going on with the scheme that, that's causing him to not be in position because he doesn't strike me as a guy who wouldn't attempt to block or attempt to defend the rim. Um, so, like, I would think it that way, but there is an element of it also, like, there is an element of it that involves like him not chasing blocks, like him not really making his, his presence known. Um, I, I have said it many, many times that 
he has an inconsistent motor when it comes to that kind of stuff. And some yeah. of that, I understand why it is because he gets hurt. Defensive guys, guys who like to play defense, always get hurt in the NBA. It happened to Caruso all the time. It will always happen. It happens to Pat Beverly every single year with his knees. One of his knees always gives out. Like when you put yourself, when you play really good defense, you're always putting yourself in harm's way. And we literally had a game where he got like kneed in the groin, fell on somebody's knee, hit in the face, like all in the same game. So it's just, I, I, I get it when it happens. Um, but I, I think he's probably aware of that too as well. And I think he's going to come in to set a defensive tone um, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I, like, I think we've, you know, we've, uh, we've been doing this for a couple of years now and we're always like Anthony Davis's biggest opponent is Anthony freaking Davis sometimes, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so, like sometimes he's just playing himself. Um, and the gap, I just think, I think the gap between like him and like his ceiling self, that's larger than like a lot of players, like his engagement when he's engaged, like the gap between that and when he's not is the biggest that I've seen in the league. Um, so, you know, yeah, hopefully he's good tomorrow as well. Obviously yeah. with the yeah, uh, hopefully he has no lingering issues from the from the the loony injury. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully he's good. Hopefully LeBron's good, and we just get a healthy match. I hope Wiggins plays right. I, I hope we get you know. I hope Wiggins plays as well through that. I think they said he will. So let's get an even you know match up here. Everyone's uh, healthy and ready to go, and you know hopefully we have a have a really fun game tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking forward to it. Um, game six, so it'll be big. Uh, you know. Lakers win lose. I'm sure it'll be very reaction. A lot of reactions on the timeline. Oh god! There's already I been just... conspiracy. Did you see that the guy that owns the corgi posted a video of him like trying to cancel out like his prediction or something? Like that? I guess the guy's <laughs> apparently. I don't know if it's a real video or not, but apparently the guy's a Laker fan. The guy who posted the video, and he's just like right. canceling my own curse or whatever it is, my own prediction. <laughs> uh, jokingly, I'm, I don't. I don't know if it's real, but you know, it's TikTok, uh, social media. Yeah, let, let me have. Uh, let me have the. You know. A, Mother's Day free, man. Don't uh, don't <laughs> watch a game on on Mother's Day. You know, yeah, don't uh, go ahead, Lakers. Win, win tomorrow and, and get it over with. Yeah, um, very so. true, very true. Um, so yeah, so as always, uh, we on behalf of me and Raj, we want to thank all the folks that are in the live stream, all the folks that are in this space. Whenever you guys like, retweet, mm -hmm. share, whatever you guys do um, in support of the podcast or the space. Um, or even our individual accounts, whether it's just following it and, and engaging with us as the games go on. Um, we always appreciate it. Um, and we're always humbled by it, by the audience and, and the folks that, that engage with us uh, when it comes to just talking about Lakers basketball uh, and listening to, listening, us, listening to us talk about it. So, um, you know, game six is tomorrow. We'll all be locked in on the timeline as a family to see how that game goes and, and root for the Lakers. Uh, and hopefully yeah. we get a win. And we are one game away from the Western Conference Finals if we can get it done. Oof. So so we're going to be uh, – we know who the opponent's going to be now. There's no confusion about that. So hopefully the Lakers, you know, they 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 realize the moment and they capture it. Um, but as always, we appreciate you, and we appreciate you guys giving us um, time out of your day to listen to us talk about Lakers basketball. So we'll see you in the next one. Take it easy. Peace.